town, a famous outlaw whose name was Robin Hood. No archer ever lived that could speed a grey goose shaft with such skill and cunning as his. Nor were there ever such yeomen as the seven-score merry men that roamed with him through the greenwood shades. Right merrily they dwelt within the depths of Sherwood Forest, suffering neither care nor want, but passing the time in merry games of archery or bouts of cudgel play, living upon the king's venison, washed down with draughts of ale of October brewing. Not only Robin himself, but all the band were outlaws and dwelt apart from other men, yet they were beloved by the country people round about, for no one ever came to Jolly Robin for help in time of need, and went away again with an empty fist. And now I will tell you how it came about that Robin Hood fell afoul of the law. When Robin was a youth of eighteen, stout of sinew and bold of heart, the sheriff of Nottingham proclaimed a shooting match, and offered a prize of a butt of ale to whomsoever should shoot the best shaft in Nottinghamshire. Now, quoth Robin, will I go too, for fain would I draw a string for the bright eyes of my lass, and a butt of good October brewing. So up he got, and took his good stout yew-bow, and a score or more of broad cloth-yard arrows, and started off from Locksley Town through Sherwood Forest to Nottingham. It was at the dawn of day in the merry May-time, when hedgerows are green and flowers bedecked the meadows, daisies pied and yellow cuckoo buds, and fair primroses all along the briary hedges. When apple-buds blossom and sweet-birds sing, the lark at dawn of day, the throstle-cock and cuckoo. When lads and lasses look upon each other with sweet thoughts, when busy housewives spread their linen to bleach upon the bright green grass. Sweet was the green wood as he walked along its paths, and bright the green and rustling leaves, amid which the little birds sang with might and main, and blithely Robin whistled as he trudged along, thinking of Maid Marian and her bright eyes, for at such times a youth's thoughts are wont to turn pleasantly upon the lass that he loves the best. As thus he walked along with a brisk step and a merry whistle, he came suddenly upon some foresters seated beneath a great oak tree. Fifteen there were in all, making themselves merry with feasting and drinking, as they sat around a huge pasty, to which each man helped himself, thrusting his hands into the pie, and washing down that which they ate with great horns of ale, which they drew all foaming from a barrel that stood nigh. Each man was clad in Lincoln green, and a fine show they made, seated upon the sward beneath that fair spreading tree. Then one of them, with his mouth full, called out to Robin, Hallo, where goest thou, little lad, with thy one penny bow and thy farthing shafts? Then Robin grew angry, for no stripling likes to be taunted with his green ears. Now, quoth he, my bow and eke mine arrows are as good as thine, and, moreover, I go to the shooting-match at Nottingham Town, which same has been proclaimed by our good sheriff of Nottinghamshire. There I will shoot with other stout yeomen, for a prize has been offered of a fine butt of ale. Then one who held a horn of ale in his hand said, Oh, listen to the lad. Why, boy, thy mother's milk is yet scarce dry upon thy lips, and yet thou pratest of standing up with good stout men at Nottingham Butts, thou who art scarce able to draw one string of a two-stone bow. I'll hold the best of you twenty marks, quoth bold Robin, that I hit the clout at three-score rods, by the good help of Our Lady Fair.
At this all laughed aloud, and one said, Well boasted, thou fair infant, well boasted, and well thou knowest that no target is nigh to make good thy wager. And another cried, He'll be taking ale with his milk next. At this Robin grew right mad. Harky, said he, yonder at the glade's end I see a herd of deer, even more than threescore rods distant. I'll hold you twenty marks that, by leave of Our Lady, I cause the best heart among them to die. Now done, cried he who had spoken first, and here are twenty marks. I wager that thou causest no beast to die, with or without the aid of Our Lady. Then Robin took his good yew bow in his hand, and placing the tip at his instep, he strung it right deftly. Then he knocked a broad cloth-yard arrow, and raising the bow, drew the grey goose feather to his ear. The next moment the bowstring rang, and the arrow sped down the glade as a sparrow-hawk skims in a northern wind. High leapt the noblest heart of all the herd, only to fall dead, reddening the green path with his heart's blood. Ha! cried Robin. How likest thou that shot, good fellow? I wot the wager were mine, and it were three hundred pounds. Then all the foresters were filled with rage, and he who had spoken the first and had lost the wager was more angry than all. Nay, cried he, the wager is none of thine, and get thee gone straightway, or by all the saints of heaven I'll baste thy sides until thou wilt ne'er be able to walk again. Knowest thou not, said another, that thou hast killed the king's deer, and by the laws of our gracious lord and sovereign, King Harry, thine ears should be shaven close to thy head. Catch him, cried a third. Nay, said a fourth, let him e'en go because of his tender years. Never a word, said Robin Hood, but he looked at the foresters with a grim face, then turning on his heel, strode away from them down the forest glade. But his heart was bitterly angry, for his blood was hot and youthful and prone to boil. Now, well would it have been for him who had first spoken, had he left Robin Hood alone. But his anger was hot, both because the youth had gotten the better of him, and because of the deep draughts of ale that he had been quaffing. So, of a sudden, without any warning, he sprang to his feet and seized upon his bow and fitted it to a shaft. I cried he, and I'll hurry thee anon. And he sent the arrow whistling after Robin. It was well for Robin Hood that that same forester's head was spinning with ale, or else he would never have taken another step. As it was, the arrow whistled within three inches of his head. Then he turned around and quickly drew his own bow, and sent an arrow back in return. "'You said I was no archer,' cried he aloud, "'but say so now again.' The shaft flew straight. The archer fell forward with a cry, and lay on his face upon the ground, his arrows rattling about him from out of his quiver. The grey goose shaft wet with his heart's blood. Then, before the others could gather their wits about them, Robin Hood was gone into the depths of the greenwood. Some started after him, but not with much heart, for each feared to suffer the death of his fellow. So presently they all came and lifted the dead man up and bore him away to Nottingham Town. Meanwhile Robin Hood ran through the greenwood. Gone was all the joy and brightness from everything, for his heart was sick within him, and it was borne in upon his soul that he had slain a man. Alas, 
cried he. Thou hast found me an archer that will make thy wife to ring. I would that thou hadst ne'er said one word to me, or that I had never passed thy way, or e'en that my right forefinger had been stricken off ere that this happened. In haste I smote, but grieve I saw at leisure. And then, even in his trouble, he remembered the old saw that what is done is done, and the egg cracked cannot be cured. And so he came to dwell in the green wood that was to be his home for many a year to come, never again to see the happy days with the lads and lasses of sweet Loxley town. For he was outlawed, not only because he had killed a man, but also because he had poached upon the king's deer, and two hundred pounds were set upon his head as a reward for whoever would bring him to the court of the king. Now the sheriff of Nottingham swore that he himself would bring this knave, Robin Hood, to justice, and for two reasons. First, because he wanted the two hundred pounds, and next, because the forester that Robin Hood had killed was of kin to him. But Robin Hood lay hidden in Sherwood Forest for one year, and in that time there gathered around him many others like himself, cast out from other folk for this cause and for that. Some had shot deer in hungry winter time, when they could get no other food, and had been seen in the act by the foresters, but had escaped, thus saving their ears. Some had been turned out of their inheritance, that their farms might be added to the king's land in Sherwood Forest. Some had been despoiled by a great baron, or a rich abbot, or a powerful esquire. All for one cause or another had come to Sherwood to escape wrong and oppression. So in all...